Good morning, Grinders. Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. Uh, you can follow me there on Twitter. And this is the show where uh, we go over a little bit about 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 yesterday, yesterday's slate. We go, uh, we we talk a little bit about tonight's slate, which is a which is a bit short, right? It's a four game slate, but you never know, right? We never know with the news in the NBA. It could be an action-packed slate with people out, games canceled. Who knows? Uh, so so we'll, we'll touch on that. I answer your strategy questions. I mean, this is kind of like, it's like teaching time here in the morning. 11 a.m. Eastern time on the Roto-Grinders YouTube channel. So you know what you have to do to keep my apple juice cold? Hit that thumbs up button. Hit the thumbs up button. Hit the subscribe button if you're new here. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. We got another show uh, later today. Grinders Live should be what six o'clock because it's a seven thirty slate. It'll be with Dean. It'll be with Kirk, Chris Kirkwood, Kirk D's. He'll be here. They'll be here. Then we got crunch time for premium members. And if you want to sign up to premium, Roto Grinders Premium, you get the NBA package or you get the combo package for everything. Right? You get all the sports. I did really well in soccer the other day. So sign up for that. Hit the link in the description below. You get ten dollars off your first month of premium here i see people in the chat you people you're, you're you're the most important people in the world right if you're here live i answer your questions I, sometimes we go off on tangents sometimes i explain the tools sometimes we talk about strategy here sometimes we never even get today's today's slate right sometimes people are like it's been 48 minutes we haven't even talked about today we don't know what's going to happen today we i don't we don't even know if the day's going to end right we may all be dead by the end of the day you never know you never know and uh, you don't know who's going to be in and out. So uh, so like the projections as of right now, don't, uh, who knows, right? They'll be updated throughout the day. So we'll talk a little bit about that. But the YouTube people in the chat, I see you all. Tim Yang, he's here, card fan. Tony Tischhauser, Michael Markin, Trey McCray, Alan Alexander. And I mean, obviously Devin, our fabulous multitasking producer, also in the chat uh, to, to drop some links and uh, kind of moderate things. In there, uh, feel free to follow him. Devo Canivo on Twitter. And because uh, he, he, he plays some DFS, right? He, he, oh, I played this side. Did you play Aaron Gordon last night on FanDuel? Well, you, sorry. <laughs> he had one of probably the worst game. I mean, I, Fournier did well. Anthony did okay. Vooch did. Gordon was horrible, right? Uh, and then, uh, then yesterday, uh, everyone doubted James Harden, right? Oh, he's only shooting like four times, six times. Well, not yesterday. Harden puts up 72 fantasy points at like 1% ownership. And that's, that's the power of small sample sizes and biases, right? We see the first three games when all big three there, Irving, Harden, Durant are playing. And like Harden's very passive. He's getting a bunch of assists. He's getting some rebounds, but he's not shooting as much. It's like, is this the new normal? We don't know. That's the thing. It's uncertainty. We do not know. And if you played Harden yesterday, you you took advantage of the market. You took advantage of people that are like, uh, oh, three games, that's good enough for me. Good enough, right? Oh, he's never, oh, Harden's going to be down to like 6,500 soon because this is the way it's going to be. Well, if you use the longer term sample size and just like, well, it's still James Harden. He's going to be selfish as hell every once in a while. And he's going to take a whole bunch of shots. So 
If you played them on FanDuel at 9,800, you got rewarded with a big score, right? If you played them on draft, and draft was a little bit more expensive. It didn't fit in as much. Uh, but but if you played them there, got, got a 1% owned on a 12-game slate in a shooting guard position that uh, people were paying for like Beal, uh, people, I mean, you got a lot of, uh, late in the slate, late in the day, we got like guard value, right? Cause Garland wasn't going to be on a minutes limit anymore. Drogic and hero were out. So that put Kendrick Nunn on the board, Joe Ingles. Cause, uh, cause, uh, Donovan Mitchell was out. Uh, I mean, he fills a small forward spot also, but Connolly ended up getting there Clarkson. So like paying down at guard was, uh, was an option probably one guard spot and paid up at another guard spot. And then we had the Devin Booker and, and all the sons. Cameron Payne was out. So that put Chris Paul in play and Aiden. Aiden, Aiden didn't get there. Uh, then we saw that Jeremy Lamb was, was starting. So a lot of people went there. I mean, a lot, a lot, a lot of the, the 150 maxers went under on, on Jeremy Lamb. Only because we had other, because you, you were playing Ingles. Right, so it made less sense to play Lamb. Yet still, people piled on. He was twenty-five percent owned in the five hundred k finger roll yesterday. Cody Zeller was a bit of a surprise. Thirty-four hundred, he was starting. Now the problem with Cody Zeller is that his minutes are he could play eighteen minutes, he could play twenty-eight minutes. Well, yesterday he played a lot of minutes, and he's a good a fantasy point per minute producer. So he he put up a nice ten eleven x score. And, uh, you know, a lot, a, a lot of builds were built around that, around the cheap, basically Zeller plus Gobert. That was the winning center combination. But, I mean, you could have paid up at center. Vooch, Adebayo, Aiton. So, the contra- to me, the contrarian way to go was going to be Zeller plus one of those guys. So, if you played Gobert, if you played one of them, Gobert was obviously the one that, you know, put up 68 points. But you see a lot of the sharper players. They did well yesterday. Papa Gates, Brick 75, Hishboo, Petty Theft, Squirrel Patrol here at Roto-Grinders. A lot of look, a lot of Gobert plus Zeller. Gobert plus Zeller. But I mean, we have E. Hafner here. We went differently. Instead of playing Ingles, you know, went under on Ingles. Played, still played Zeller, still played Gobert. But like where, we're in the small forward and shooting guard spot. Did he go? A lot of Chris Paul, okay. And we get some Giannis in the power forward spot at 7% owned, okay, paying up there. Anthony Edwards, okay, that was a good pivot. 40 points. What, that was like 9X? I had Anthony Edwards because D'Lo was out and, and Culver was out. And he's like, he's like, he has like 28, 29% usage in the second unit and overlaps. So he closed. He closed the, the first half and then it got a blowout and then he played the rest of the game anyway. Well, most of the rest of the game. But look, LeBron, look, E. Hafner, LeBron. So basically, instead of paying down at small forward, he paid up. That was that was his construction leverage. Yet a lot of a lot of other players, you know, went with more of the chalk construction. Maybe Brick 75 didn't, you know, didn't buy into Kendrick Nunn. And took more of like guys like, uh, let's see, Anthony Edwards, DeMar DeRozan, Draymond Green, Marvin Bagley, Brandon Ingram, Deontay Murray, Kyrie Irving, LeBron James, Sabonis, Jokic, McDaniels as a punt, little Beasley, right? So went with the chalk construction primarily, 
right? Just ate Ingles like pretty much completely. And then found different players that fit that chalk construction that were going to be in the single digit owned rather than the, than the double digit owned. Papa Gates said, nope, I don't, I'm, I'm not going to play Garland, but still kind of played the chalk construction. Zeller, Gobert, Beal, Paul, Cameron Johnson, Joe Ingles, I mean, pretty much chalk. Conley, but then play some, some Zion, then a lot of Anthony Edwards. Here you go, 47%, and like oh, nearly half his lineups, Anthony Edwards. Get different at some one place, Jaden McDaniels. Right, he only put up eight and a half points. He was 3% owned. So you can see here how, how top players, 150 max type players in the large field GPPs, how they handled construction on a slate. Right, petty theft. No, no Clarkson, right? No Clarkson, but all the Ingles, right? Probably don't play both in the same lineup. Took some Jeremy Lamb. I mean, took took a lot of the, a lot of the chalkier pieces, but went over on Kari, over on Beal. Took some Colin Sexton, Draymond Green way over, Kyrie Irving a little bit. Some Jaden McDaniels to get, because you're going to have to find somewhere to punt the power forward in those types of constructions. Mason Plumley, Mason Plumley was popular on FanDuel because of his price, but he wasn't necessarily, he wasn't really necessary at like 50 something hundred on, on DraftKings, but he put up a good score. He put a seven X or so, 32% of that. Jordan Bell, when we found out that he was starting, that's a, this is a, this is a late swap. I have to assume that, that that anything that's Jordan Bell is a late swap, right? So you have petty theft. We got Giants who would in JK one twenty three because he started over Robin Lopez, so he was a natural, you know, minimum price. You play him instead of Zeller, but probably at that point you you still have Zeller in your lineups because you know the game's late. There's a lot of pivots there. We looked at like the Avery Bradley, Kyle. I had some Kyle Lowry in my Giannis lineups. That didn't work out. A lot, a lot of the 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 top players did play the chalk did play a chalkier construction on a 12-game slate. Just found, you know, one or two ways to get different. Right? Some some went off the board. So E Hafner contrarian construction. But on a 12-game slate, you have a lot more options. So it's like, well, how do I how do I build the chalk construction, but not play Kendrick Nunn, not play Jeremy Lamb, not play not I mean even Bradley Beal like Hishboon like little Bradley Beal, like a little here. I was a little bit surprised at the Cameron Johnson ownership. I mean he projected okay. I know Booker and Payne and some of those sons were out. Fills a power forward spot, which you need. I mean. Essentially, you were going way up or way down at power forward or somewhere in the middle. I tried with Hayward and Hayward did 25 points. Yeah, you see some of them, you know, some, there was some Hayward in here. Because that power forward position, yeah, I played some Crowder. Okay, Crowder makes sense. Or if you're going to pay in the middle, you go Zion or Hayward. Zion kind of, I guess, got there raw points wise. But this is what you do in results DB. Look at the constructions. And I'm just pulling up one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine players. You could pull up more than this. You keep on going. Just to see. 
I didn't build yesterday a lot of Zeller Gobert lineups. I was either, I was paying up at center. I wasn't I I decided in my five lineups to not play Zeller. So I was playing like Aiton plus Gobert, right? Or Bam plus Vooch, you know, like paying up twice at center. Because even Giannis, I played in the power forward spot in that lineup, you know, with, with Lowry. So I went with, I knew that people were going to be playing Cody Zeller. And I know he's 3,400. But it's like, there's an easy case that he plays 18 minutes and gets 12 points. So on a 12-game slate at this ownership, I'll find a different way. That also means I had a lot of Darius Garland then, who didn't put up a bad score, 4,600, but not, not a ceiling score. So I was trying to find a way not to play Cody Zeller. Well, some of, some of these players found a way not to play Kendrick Nunn, not to play Darius Garland, not to play Jeremy Lamb. But for the most part, Joe Ingles was, I mean, Joe Ingles, I mean, 10X. I mean, he was the best projected player on the slate for his price. So 42% ownership on a 12-game slate seems like a lot, but I think he was under-owned, especially, especially in, the, in, in the small forward spot. I mean, you need to you need to find someone, right? But this is what you do in Results DB. You go to rotogrinders.com slash results DB. Look at this in the morning when everything gets updated. You can look through any contest you want, any major contest you want. And even if you don't play the finger roll, even if you don't play these large field contests, you're not looking, you're you're not, you're not caring about the players, you're caring about the constructions. What types of constructions did they make? Where did they find leverage? That's what you're doing in results DB. So even if you're playing single entry, you can still look, you can still look at this and get ideas and go, no, I didn't even consider that. Right? You take a look at some of this stuff and you go, okay, giant squid played a lot of Zion. It's like, okay, Zion. If he paid in the middle for Zion, Zion Conley, yeah, it seems like he was making balanced builds more than anything. So it has some curry. Little Vooch, little Gobert. Where's Aiton? 21%. Looking down through some of this. Right, Anthony Edwards, Trey Young a little. Sadiq Bay. Okay, I guess you needed a small forward powerful for somethings. So I'm looking, like, so from Giant Squid's perspective, he had some Sabonis, Jokic, right, at 3%. But a lot of his builds were, were balanced. Like not not really a studs type of build. I mean, yeah, he had, still had some Beal. It's kind of hard. I never really considered Beal to be a stud, but I guess when he's 10K, I guess he is, yes. So that's what I'm looking through, right? This is what I'm looking through. This is what this is the research. This is how do you get better as a DFS player? People care so much about, oh, what's going on on today's slate? You'll learn so much more by studying yesterday's slate. And then you keep those ideas, the ideas drill in your head. Oh, that's where they got leverage. Oh, they went up here and went down there. So now you could look at existing slates in the future and go, okay, this is what the this is what the chalk construction is. How could I get different? Well, by learning from top players that I've studied, it's like, well, let me try it this way. Let me try it that way. Let me try it this way. And then you come to the decision, which is the best, the best route. A lot of times, a lot of times, the angles that you could take are very more marginal. You could look at like seven different angles and go; they all seem pretty good. 
then maybe you're playing one lineup. You have to choose one of them. That's it. Make a decision, take a stand, and there you go. You're playing a couple of lineups, maybe you play a couple of different angles. Maybe you play the same angle a bunch of times with you know different 2v2s. You could do that also. But if you're sitting, if you're sitting there going, well, I don't understand lineup construction at all. Like I just think I'm picking players. Like I always say, lineups, not players. You're playing lineups. They're comprised of players. But you're trying to make the best lineups that have first place win equity in these GPPs. So how are you going to go about doing this? Like, well, studying ones that, studying, studying users that get first place in GPPs more often than you. Get high finishes. So that's why I do this. I, I still do this. I've been playing DFS for over five years. I still do this every day. So if you're not, I am, I want to get better. And you might be thinking, Jordan, I thought you're already good. Yeah, but I still want to get better. Always be learning. Tim Yang asks, uh, but can you touch on making late changes to your cash lineup? Sometimes it helps you and sometimes it hurts you. Yeah, well, that, that's the nature of the business. How do you know when you should make those changes and when not to? Well, if there's new news and you can make a better lineup, like, you know, this guy's out late and like, what? Yes, make, make the best lineup you can with even with the locked players that you have. So that's when you know, first off. And secondly, in cash games, if you're behind, if you were heading into uh, the late set and you had, uh, I mean, who was the chart? I mean, we had Joe Ingles, I guess Joe Ingles, right? Yesterday, he would be considered a late player. No, Aiton. I guess the Phoenix, the Phoenix game passed the Phoenix game. So if you got a dud, if you had like Jeremy Lamb in your lineup early or something, if you had a dud, if you had Hayward in your lineup in your cash lineup for whatever reason, and he dudded a bunch, well, maybe, maybe you don't play Joe Ingles anymore. Right? You need to find leverage even in cash games because now you're behind. If you play the same players that everyone else has, or most people have, you never you're never gonna reach the cash line. So now you have to get riskier. So that's how you know. And then if you're up, let's say, let's say early, you, you ended up playing, you know, some low-owned player that, that went off. Right. Let's say for some odd reason you need Colin Sexton in your cash line or something. I don't know. And Giannis. Be like, okay, well, there's no reason not to play Joe Ingles. There's no reason not to play the chalkier guys. Right. Now you're blocking players. That's how you know. But that's why you have to look at your individual double-ups, your individual head-to-heads. And you have to weigh that. Sometimes you don't know. Sometimes it's like, well, I have PMR left. I'm down by eight. Like, it's not guaranteed that everyone has these two players, but I have them. Maybe I could survive with those two players. Only down by eight points for the cash line. Some slates, eight points is too much. Sometimes it's like, no, I, I got to cha change things up. When you're down like 50 points, okay, then that's a different story. Now you know. Now you know you're going to have to swap. Or if you're up by, I'm up by 80 points. And I got the same PMR as everyone else. Like, like block and you're done. You're, you're, you're cashing in double ups. But it's those things on the margin. Oh, I'm in the cash for by eight points, but everyone has this guy 60% owned and they're only 10 points behind me. So they're going to easily catch up to me. So maybe I should swap this. Like, like you have to weigh that for yourself, for the contests that you're in. So that's how you decide to me. Eric Smith says, Blender, 
I actually beat you in an NBA head-to-head last night. Ooh. Does that mean I'm ready to quit my job and go pro? No. <laughs> yeah, you understand that even the best players, they, they only win head-to-heads at like 60% around there, right? Maybe the best one, 62. All you have to do is win more than 55% of your head-to-heads and you're profitable. And remember, 90% of people that play DFS are not profitable. Okay? So when people say, oh, I, I beat Mark Lovin. I beat Chipotle Attic and I had that. Yeah, okay. Well, they're going to lose 40% of the time. Like that's, yeah, you you can. It's it's not hard. You, you can beat them. It's a, it's a 64, 40 occasion. It'll happen. So so that's probably not a sign that you that you that you you could quit your job and go pro. Probably not. Uh, Michael Lingenfelter, I've had a hard time wrapping my head around RGV. Can you explain again when you take it into oh Jesus? RGV. They shouldn't, they just should not name this RGV. They should just call this plus minus. Projected points over or under the Roto-Grinders implied value threshold. How many points does a 10.6K player need to get to not get a, to not get a snowflake? That's a better way of putting it. To not get a snowflake. Not to get a flame emoji, but not get a snowflake. Just have a normal, it doesn't have any, any emoji, which means it's like, eh, right? Made value. You got, you got it. You didn't snowflake. How much does a 10.6 player need? About 50. Damien Lillard's median is 54, which means his median is four points over that. His median projection. Over for his median. So RGV weighs salary adjusted value for median. Smash percentage deals with the ceiling. The percentage of the time that they put up a GPP flame emoji, GPP winning type of score. So just because a, a, a player has a low, has a minus RGV value, that's just for their median, not for their ceiling. Jeremy Grant has a minus three RGV. That means an $8,400 player to make value has to get about 41 points, which is Jeremy Grant's like, 48th percentile, uh, 58th percentile outcome. So it's three points below that, which means from a median perspective, median, he's not the greatest greatest of plays, if you want to call it a play, in comparison to other players. But his smash percentage is still 20%. 20% of the time, he's going to put up 5X plus 10. He's going to put up 50 plus points. Terrence Mann, look at that on today's slate. 30, look at this, 30%. But his median, like, it's going to be volatile. A 5.4K player should, to make value, put up about 29 points. Well, his median is 25.6, which is three points below. So for a median, if you're playing him for a median, it's not the great, not the greatest of plays. But he has a great ceiling. So just understand the volatility. Look at this. Eight-point floor, 48-point ceiling. So whenever you see smash percentages that are high and RGVs that are low, that are negative, that just means they're a very volatile player. All right, 21%. Look, Nick Batum, very volatile, 10 to 47. Yeah, we go up to here, 
If you see RGV plus minus good and the smash percentage like low, that means they're, they're a much narrow range player. You can take a look at like Chris Paul, 28 to 56, right? Versus, you know, Jay Crowder, 14 to 40, much wider range. It's not something I love. I mean, in GBP, I care more about like the ceiling, smash. But I mean, but the RGV weighs the median. Raw points for their salary. So it's a plus minus figure. But the difference between, look, Chris Paul plus 0.81 and minus 0.11 is not much of a difference, right? We're still talking one point in the grand scheme of 40 to 50 points. So I hope that I hope that explains it. Meat plow. Of course, our friend Meat Plow, Mr. Plow. Mr. Meat Plow. How often do you late swap after calculating the opponent's remaining entries and PMR? Well, it depends on the lineup. Like in my GPP lineups, if I get snowflakes, like yesterday I had Hayward at a lineup. So I go into that lineup and I'm like, I'm just gonna switch out a chalk player. Try to get up to the cash line. Hope that chalk player dies. Didn't work. But it's not going to work most of the time. 95% of the time, it ain't going to work. 5% of the time, it does. And then you get, over the course of a year, if you're able to, you know, save some lineups, uh, you know, that could, that could be a decent amount of money. But then you also, you have to look at head-to-heads. You're playing like, I play so many head-to-heads that, some of the $1, $2, you know, ones, I just don't even, if you've taken a $1 head to head for me and you know, we both have the same player and we end up blocking, you're like, wow, Jordan's an idiot. It's just more of the fact that like, I, I got 150 head to heads. Like I, I, I'm not going to, I, I do not, it's not the, the, the cost effectiveness of the time. It's like, if I just lose a dollar head to head, then I lose a dollar head to head. I'm looking at my 109s, my 215s, my 50s, even the 20s. I could just scroll down and just see the PMR or whatever and go like, what's the, what's the scores? And then I'll go in. I'll see, okay, we both have, we both have the same forward, right? I could tell just from the construction. And uh, if they, if my opponent doesn't change, I win. So I just leave it alone and vice versa. Let's go through the YouTube comments. Feel free to type them in. If you're listening on the podcast, hey, podcast listeners in the future. How you doing? You can always uh, rate and review this on iTunes. Listen to it later. Watch on YouTube. And if you can't show up live, I know a lot of people are like, I wish I wish I could watch this live. I have some questions to ask. But you can always email me. Questions at theoryofdfs.com. I can answer them on the show. I can answer them on the Theory of DFS podcast. Just answer them in email. Just, you know, just type it in. So feel free to just, just email me. Uh, GG91 says, I saw that the $5 and $250 single entry double ups had ownerships closer to each other than the $25 one. Is that normally the case or just a one slate irregularity? I would think it's a one slate regularity. It depends on the contest. Like the five, it depends on what you consider the $5. The multi entry one is the one I like never play. Those are the worst contests. If you're playing cash games, just don't play the multi-entry double-ups. Unless you're the best player in the world, right? If you have an edge over everyone, yeah, sure. 
put 100 entries into that. But for the most part, those multi-entry double-ups uh, have the worst uh, ROI in general. Because there, there are some people that are only putting in one lineup and some people that are playing the same cash lineup 150 times. And the people that play the same cash lineup 150 times are typically the sharpest players in the lobby. So they had a choice of picking double-ups. Don't play those. If you have a choice, I mean, there's so much, there's so many other double ups in the lobby. Let's see. Let's go through the YouTube chat. Gordon Benson, can you speak to the analysis to do when a top player is out? Most people focus on who is replacing that player, but what else should be thinking about to consider players like Anthony Edwards? Well, you're just seeing like, what happens to the minutes and usage distribution when that player is out? We have a tool called Court IQ that you can look at that, and it's already baked into the projections. A lot of my answers. I mean, people overcomplicate this stuff. You sign up to Roto Grinders Premium, you have a team that does this for you. Look at this. Look at look 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 at how well you got Jamino there. SBK in the back. He's kind of lurching in the background. He's a, he's always SBK is usually on Grinders Live. Usually the one of the people from the projections team comes on and talks about what they're what they're looking at in the back as far as projecting minutes and projecting usage. So he's usually there. Then you got Noto. You got Tuttle in the back here. He's while while he was uh, taking this photo, he was buying top shots on the NBA whatever marketplace. Then Andy Means, who's who's on crunch time every weekday. You got Bob Reeves. You got Alan Lem. They're in there also. They're in the Slack. They're in our Slack. They're talking out all, all day. They're arguing over a minute. Do we give a minute here? Do we give a minute? Could they be, could they run small? Could they run? And they're the basketball experts. I'm not. Right. Oh, Booker's out and this guy's out. So how are they going to, how are they going to work this rotation? Well, they could work it in a multiple different ways, right? With the Wizards, Westbrook's out and Neto has a minutes restriction, but what really is it? Is it 20 minutes? Is it 25 minutes? What is it? That's what they do. And they put all those figures in and then you get the projections that take into all those things into account. So that's the beautiful thing about Roto-Grinders Premium. If you hit the link in the description below, 10 bucks off your first month. It's all factored for me. I it's, it's all done for me. I don't have to worry about it. I know that is that is that a good answer? Well, how how what's what type of analysis should we do? Like, well, the analysis I should do is to just look at the projections. It's going to tell me. Anthony Edwards once uh, all those wolves, the Culver and Russell and everything got ruled out. He projected well for forty five hundred. Not didn't project as well as Ingles. But he projected well enough at his ownership that, especially after Locke, right? Because Russell was ruled out after Locke. So he ended up being like 1% owned, 1% to 5% owned, depending on the contest. And he benefited from that scenario. He projected well. So take a shot. Sometimes it doesn't work out. Anthony Edwards, if you've seen his past games, he's been like, he's shot like three for 27 or something. Getting the opportunity is just playing badly. That's my suggestion. Like it all comes down to if you if you if you if you take in my course, theoryofdfs.com. It's a 15-hour audio course. 
It teaches you the entire game theory of DFS. That applies to any sport. Once you know the game theory, you don't need to care about the sport anymore. The sport doesn't matter. It's all, all this work is done for you, right? I could just pull up lineup HQ. It's the 519. Let me refresh this. The algorithmic updated projections. Maybe, maybe they, maybe they put in some, some usage. Okay. 1113 AM. They changed some stuff around maybe. Okay. Oh, we're playing eight and again. Great. Right. And that's all I'm doing. I'm just looking at this. I guess, I guess Plumlee is a little too cheap now on DraftKings, right? I'm just sorting, sorting by RGVs, sorting by Spanish. It's all done for me. Carmelo Anthony, we're going to go back to that. You know, let's hopefully he, shoot, he shoots better than 20% from the field. Or he's going to die. That's all I have to do. So what I, I don't have to analyze anything. That's the power of projections. The projection model does it for you. Our team allocates the minutes and usage for you. They're the experts. The model is math, so it has no biases. How do I, how, how could I play Victor Oladipo? That guy sucks. The model doesn't care. Just going by numbers. And over the long run, going by the numbers is going to be the most profitable. If it's a good model. And Jamino's model is great. I think it's the, the best projections in the industry. So there's so much, there's so much out of your process that you could condense by just outsourcing what you're not good at. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be, I, I could build my own model, but it's not going to be as good as Jamino's. I could allocate the minutes and the usage, but I'm not going to be as good as Andy and Noto and those guys. I'll just let them do it. But you know what I am good at? I'm good at game theory. So just once you give me all these projections, I'll start building plus EV lineups for the contest that I'm in. And it's all done for you. I was a subscriber to Roto Grinders before, before I, I did this show, before I was even, anyone knew who I was. I paid for the projections. That's how I won, <laughs> right? Use this, use game theory, you're done. Do I have to care? Like what, I don't, I don't, even, I don't even know what these people look like half the time. Half the time. I mean, so it's a lot of that. Do I know what Michael Bridges looks like? Maybe a little. Duncan Robinson, he's a white guy, right? I think so. Right, I'm just scrolling through here. I know what Nick Batum looks like. I know, yeah, I, I, put, I put on League Pass enough that I know what most of these guys actually. Carmelo Anthony, I know what he looks like. Oladipo, yes. But for the most part, I'm, I'm not watching the games. Just using the numbers. That's it. Just the numbers. So I know that it seems like a cop-out type of answer. What type of analysis do you do? It's like, I just look at the projections. Oscar Melian says, had an $8,000 night on FanDuel last night. Took the $25 and $10 single entry, I'm assuming GPP. Thank you to the whole RG team. Well, well, thank you. Thank you for tuning in, Oscar. Right? I wasn't in that contest, so I could congratulate you because you know my policy. If I'm in the contest, I want to win. So it has nothing to do with you. But but no, I, I was not in the single entry contest on FanDuel last night. Uh, so, uh, so congratulations. Matt Mears asks or says, in small field contests on such a large slate when all the studs project evenly and low owned, picking a quote favorite stud seems like a dart throw. Is a more balanced lineup a more sound strategy? No, either way. They, all the studs reject evenly and they're low owned. So pick one. 
I know it, it, it sounds crazy. I know people, it sounds crazy. When, when everything's equal, right? Where you're like, what's the difference between these five players? These six players, you have six, you have six studs, six players, same price range, same, whatever. doesn't matter. You could fit anyone you want. You could play Luca. You could play Steph. You could play LeBron. You could play Harden. You could play, they're all single digit owned or whatever. Durant, who knows? And they all project about the same, right? For their price. Nothing stands out, but of course they're, they're studs. They could go for 70 on any night, no matter what, no matter what matchup. So you know what you should do? You know, say it seems like a dart throw. So why not? You have six of them, roll a die. Order them one to six. Go to random.org. Put in the number six. And just say randomly give me a number. And if it's two, whatever's a, whatever the second one is, play. I know people are thinking, I, what, what am I, nuts? Oh my God, Jordan's he's off the bandwagon. He's off the, the mental asylum. What do you mean? Just pick players out of a hat? Well, you're telling me that they're even. You're telling me that, it, like they're they're all they all could do fine. They're all about the same. They're, so, pick what whoever shoes you like the best. I mean, it doesn't mathematically if they're all equal, what does it matter? So pick one. <laughs> there you go. It's not complicated. When in doubt, pick the one that's lower owned or more correlative to your line. So if you were if you were playing who played last day? if you were playing uh, let's see Golden State played Minnesota Luca right if you were playing Jazz players and you're like I could afford a stud in this lineup I'll play Luca you have Gobert in there you have Ingles in there well it's the same game that's back and forth and you know goes over the total quite likely that someone from the Mavericks has a good game hopefully it's Luca. Let's say you don't have Utah in your lineup. Let's say this is the lineup that you're fading Ingles. You're fading Gobert. Well, probably don't play Luka in that lineup. Play LeBron. Play Durant. Play whoever. And then when it comes down to ownership, you look at projected ownership. You lie, I, 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 they're all equal to me. One guy's 9% owned. One guy's 7% owned. One guy's 5% owned. I'll play the 5% on guy. They're all equal. Mathematically, you'd want the one that's lower owned, even if it's by 2%. So play that guy. That's nothing to do with, do I think they're going to do well? You're telling me they're equal. They're projected about the same. So there's nothing else to do. It's a mathematics to flip a coin. I know it sounds stupid, but game theory, that's what it is. That's, that is, if it doesn't matter, play whoever you want. That's what that means. I know I say it facetiously. Well, who should I play? Well, play whoever you want. Well, if you're telling me they're all three equal, play, play whatever you feel like. Alphabetically, who cares? There's no decision that you can make between those three players if you're telling me they're equal that makes one better than the other. So what are you going to spend the next hour? Racking your brain? Close your eyes and pick one. The difference between you closing your eyes and picking one and you spending five hours trying to determine the difference of this much, this little small much between them is worthless. Just, just pick one randomly. You're gonna come out, you're gonna come out to the same way no matter what. So why spend all that time? Let's see. Going through, going through the YouTube chat. Yeah, people are talking about our new uh, lineup HQ review functionality on, uh, on lineup HQ. 
Because you could go, you got a lot of people don't know this. You could click on the date and you can go back in time. Like to a slate. Like you can't actually go. I wish I could go back in time and not roster Iron Gordon on FanDuel yesterday, but I can't. But you go back in time. You go back to yesterday's slate. When you go back to yesterday's slate, you go back to five weeks ago's slate. You can go to any slate you want. You look at this and, you, and it puts, it shows fantasy points. So it shows the actual fantasy points that they, that they had and the projection and the median projection that we had at Roto Grinders. And you get to use the actual fantasy points to build whatever lineups you want. So you can go back and say, well, if I played 20% of this guy and if I did this, you could run, you could run it any way you want, right? To find out what the, what the optimal, optimal, the best possible lineup would have been 410.75. Harden, Beal, Ingles, Precious, Achua, Zeller, Healed. Yeah, he had a game. Edwards and Gobert. Of course, no one had this lineup. But you could play around with it. You could go, okay, based on the actual points, how could I have uh, built lineups? Lineup HQ review. So just use that. You could go to this little calendar. Most people don't know. They, they, they look and they go, oh, okay, whatever's here. Like, oh, they didn't realize. They could go forward and backwards, right? Actual fantasy points, right? It shows right here. Soon you'll be able to like download these. I think they're going to work in that. They're going to work in projected ownership in some, some regard or ownership, actual ownership. So you could experiment. You could experiment. You could go to yesterday's slate right now with the actual fantasy points and go, well, I had a bunch of this guy and a bunch of that guy. And I built it. And you could, you could learn how to use lineup HQ just using the actuals. You can do that. Lineup HQ review. That's what they should call it. I don't know if that's the official name for it. I don't think there, I don't, is there a name at all for this? I have no idea. I'm going to call it lineup HQ review. Let's see. Steven Smith asks, Blender, are you finding yourself doing better on the main slates and head-to-heads or large field double-ups? It's about the same. It's just, a, it's just variance control. Remember, when you play double-ups, most of the time you're going to cash in all of them or not cash in, and cash in none of them. You play $500 in double-ups, you're either going to get, like, oh, I've got 1,000 or I got zero. When you play head-to-heads, you could win 70% of your head-to-heads. You could win 30% of your head-to-heads. Right. Instead of you putting five hundred dollars in head to heads, if you do well on a night, you have like eight fifty, because you still lost some head to heads. And if you do badly, you have like one fifty, because you're still going to win some head to heads. But at the end of the day, but the, unless unless you're specifically targeting the worst players in the world, and you're somehow they're taking your games, the same people that you're playing in head to heads are going to be in your double ups likely also. So like by the end of the year, it pretty much comes out to the same thing, but the swings will be lower. So that's why I, that's why I, that's why I play head to heads. That's why I show it. I show it on the, the, the bankroll tracker. We got this right. 60% head to heads, 35% double ups, 5% triple ups or pints or whatever. Right. Bad day. Yesterday we made some money back. The day before was a bad day. Right. The day before, right. The 26th. Yeah. Pretty bad day. Went down from 8169 down to 6773. But now we made, made some back. What? 600, 600 back. So it's coming back up. Green on all three sites. Right? I mean, not much on DK and Yahoo, but Yahoo's coming back to life. 
Vandal's dropping a bunch, but that's what variance is. Streaks will happen, and it's not because like, oh, it's hot or it's cold. There's no there's no memory to any of this for cash games. There's no there's no there's no, no there's lineups don't care about what was dropped yesterday or if you made money yesterday. It doesn't matter. They don't know. The players don't know. The lineups don't know. So I just diversify. I'm looking for these numbers to be green at the end of the season, right? When the scroll, when it did, oh, the line's all the way over here. And we're talking about, you know, the last game of the season. That, that, that's what that matters. Right now I'm up 7,300 bucks. So that's fine, right? Maybe I should be putting this money into GameStop if I could, right? Maybe I should, right? <laughs> or whatever stock is being, who knows? Seems like, uh, is there a horse and buggy stock out there that people are just piling on for no reason? Apparently, you can make more money doing that than DFS cash games. But, of course, I'm not a financial advisor. Please don't do that. I don't think I do. I legally have to say that, I think. Uh, let's see. Jupocalypse. When looking at a median projection, how are you determining if a player will fall above or below? It's a 50% likelihood. I'm not predicting outcomes. I just need to know what the outcomes are. Damian Lillard has a 30% chance of smashing. That's it. Is it going to be tonight? I don't know. All it is is probabilities. I take a look, I take a look at this. I build an optimal lineup. Lillard, Schroeder, Crowder, Anthony, Giles, Mann, Davis, Plumley. This lineup theoretically has the highest probability of hitting a median score. Now in GPPs, you need a high, you need a higher than that. You need a ceiling score. But for cash games, you're just looking to maximize for coming in the top half of the field. So you're playing players that have a higher likelihood of scoring more points than their salary for their value. So that's what really plus minus RGV is. So you notice that the players that are in the best lineup typically come from players that have high salary adjusted value plus minuses. It's easy. But I'm not looking at me. Oh, I'm looking at D- Damian Lillard at 54-43. But is he going to put up 70? I have no idea. All I know is that based on this model, he will put up at least 54 points 50% of the time. The other 50% of the time, he doesn't put up 54 points. That's what projections are. I'll even show you. There's a premium article, Understanding NBA projections, something like this. We have an article, a premium article. This is, an, this is the older version of this article, right? Let, let, me, let me find the new version. I don't even know where, I don't even know where to look on the site. Roto-Grinders, NBA, foundational, something like that. Yeah, here we go. To understand what projections are, what is a player projection? See, what is a range of outcomes? See, so take a look at this, this, this chart. This is called a normal distribution curve, right? So the median, like out of, this, is, this means that this slate gets played over uh, 10,000 times. So sometimes the player puts up this many points. Sometimes it's this many points. Sometimes it's that many points. Sometimes it's this many points. So that simulation is run a thousand times, 10,000 times. And the middle result, 
of those outcomes is what the projection, the median is 50% of the time. Doesn't mean today, it's not a prediction. It's not today. So one standard deviation is here below, one standard deviation above. That comprises about 68% of all outcomes. And as it gets higher scores and lower scores, it happens less and less of the time. That's what this curve is. So when you're looking at a projection of 54, floor 39, ceiling 75, 54 right here, floor 39, ceiling 75, 80, 85, 90, Here's 35, 25, 15, right? But it's not going to tell you, it, this doesn't say what's going to happen today. Who knows what happens today? All it's doing is projecting the range of outcomes based on tonight's matchup, tonight's situation, who's in the game, all the predictive factors, all the variables, offensive efficiency, defensive efficiency, right? Who's in, who's out, the minutes, the the rebounding rate, the assist rate, the, you know, all, all the type of stuff. It's taking all and putting that all in a, in a soup, in a pile, in a pot, mixing it all around, but not serving one dish of soup. This is a horrible analogy. You have, you have your soup. No, it's going to be, we're going to make soup like 10,000 times. Sometimes it's going to be salty. Sometimes it's going to need more pepper. Sometimes it doesn't have, sometimes the bowl is empty, right? So, sometimes the bowl is overflowing and it burns your, it burns your chest. You spilled it all over yourself, but there's 10,000 outcomes like that, right? So you're looking probabilistically of what, what, what is the median outcome? So 50% of the time, that's what the projection is. Doesn't mean that line of HQ and our projections team are predicting 54 points for Lillard. No, just that, that's just the middle outcome. DeAndre Ayton, 40, middle. Baden puts up 22 points today. Okay, it happens. It's a, based on, if he puts up 22 points, that's a 20, that's a, what? 14th percentile outcome or something like that, right? 13th percentile outcome, it happens, right? It happens 13% of the time. That's not surprising, but that's all what projections are. There are ranges of outcomes. These numbers are not, predictions. Well, they said Chris Paul was going to put up 40 points today. No, it does not say that. It says that if you played this slate out 10,000 times, he'll put up within one standard deviation, 28 to 56. That's what the project, that, that's what it's saying. 40 just represents the median, just the middle. Understanding what this, once you understand what projections are, then you don't have to worry about predicting outcomes. Just build lineups well, based on this model, he's going to score X amount of points more than X percentage of the time. And what does the field think? What does the market think? Well, based on the ownership, they're overvaluing this asset, this player, this stock. Based on these numbers, this guy is under-owned. So I get more value out of it. So that's all, that's all you're doing. So like these, these player names could be anything. They, they could be stock symbols. It doesn't matter. That's all you're doing. And you can get all, you can get, you can make your own projections, right? You can. You can make your own model. You could all back test. You could do all of that. You could learn Python, R. You could do it in Excel. 
You can if you want. Or you can just sign up for Roto-Grinders Premium. Just everyone does it for you. 40 bucks or so, right? For NBA a month. $10 off your first month. Click on the link in the description. Just sign up there. You, this, this is what I use. Like people are like, oh, I'm shilling for Roto-Grinders. Like, well, if I was... If I didn't do the show anymore and I wasn't a host at Rotograde, I'd still be using the I still be using the projects. I still I paid. This is what I paid for before. This is what I use. This is the game. Take these numbers, build plus EV lineups. That's it. There you go. Sounds too simple. No, because it, it, it is. Once you get out of your mindset that this game is about sports, then maybe you start making money. You have to treat it. You have to kind of treat it like it's a stock market, in a way. And the stock market is probably more rigged, right? Right. Let's see. Go through the YouTube chat. We got a couple of minutes left. Obviously, if you if you post in the YouTube chat, I, I I scroll back. You can see here. Let's see. Do do do. If two guys have solid projection and a plus EV ownership, what do you do as a tiebreaker? Flip a coin. I mean, I mean, like I said before, whatever's lower stoned or more correlated to your lineup. The lineups matter. The players don't. The lineups matter. So play whoever you want at that point. I mean, at, at that point, you're telling me it's so close and flip a coin. Let's see. Tim Yang asks, can you go over how I can work with you? I would like to be your understudy. I would like you for you to make me better. Well, I don't take understudies. You could always jo join Roto-Grinders Premium. I'm in the Roto-Grinders Discord like all the time. People ask me for coaching. You want to give individual coaching? I'm, 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 I literally, I live practically in the Roto-Grinders Discord. You have to be a premium member. So sign up for premium. There, you're done. Not that complicated. Let's see. Going through. Daryl Hodgkins doesn't want to talk about Aaron Gordon. Wasn't he? He was like 80 plus percent owned on FanDuel yesterday, right? I played him in my cash lineup. Yeah, I know that. He made sense. Kai Roach. Thank you, Jordan. Made 50,000 last night. Where? What? Kai, aren't you, aren't you in the Discord? How come you didn't post that? Or did I miss it? Made 50,000 last night. And he put it all in GameStop and Top Shot. Okay, but well, that 50, that 50,000 is probably gone by now. <laughs> I think. <laughs> uh, let's see. Any last, last questions before I get out of here? Uh, Kai Roach asks, can you export this stuff as a spreadsheet offline of HQ? Yeah, you can. You go right here. These little, and people don't realize it. Down, upload, download projections right here. These little cloud buttons, right? Download, right? There you go. And it comes, get the, get the CSV of all, all of this information. Now you can do whatever you want with it, right? Download it, put it into Excel, you know, print it out, make paper airplanes out of it. You can, you can do whatever you want. You could upload your own. You could download it and then change anything you wanted and upload it back here. So you don't have to, in, you don't have to like individually edit each individual cell. You could do that too. 
all the things that you could do with lineup HQ, you could get with the Roto Grinders Premium. Max Coach One asked, "Can I? Can, if he wants to be my squire, what's someone that stands that's behind me that like protects my back while I build my lineups? Do I need someone like that? Maybe I do. Maybe I do. Maybe I need someone to to watch my back when I build my lineups. Do I? I don't know. Do I need one? Okay. We didn't even talk about today's slate. We kind of talked about today's slate. We talked about projections, I guess, right?" But use that, I mean, this this is a, I think this is a premium article. Yeah, but it explains everything about projections, range of outcomes, right? What's in the projections? Jimino wrote this. So you're not, you're understanding that it's not, it's not predictions. You're, you're taking these, you're taking these assets and making good little eight, eight person portfolios in whatever sector you need to, you, you need the point guard sector, you need the student guard sector, right? Once you start treating these players like they're stocks, like they're just commodities, then you don't start, you stop worrying about like, well, well, John Wall is going to be covering Damian Lillard. Like, what does it matter? If it mattered, it would be in the projections already. So sometimes simplifying your process and getting rid of the extraneous stuff that really doesn't matter or doesn't matter as much as you think it does. Or the things that matter, but it's you're already looking at it. What are the, oh, I st- uh, look at the totals of the games. Well, it's already factored into the player projections. I don't even know. I mean, I see them up here. LA, L Detroit, that's going to be a what? 215 total. Can't play anyone in that game. Well, if they project well for their price, I don't care. It's going to be fat. That low total is going to be factored into the projections already. That's why I th- that's why I think Roto Riders Premium is wildly underpriced. Wildly, it should be hundreds of dollars a month to get access to this and the team and everything. Are you kidding me? Without this, I wouldn't be able to make money. I'd have to do this myself. Probably worse than than what the Roto Grinders does. That's what that's the, 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 all you need is this. I highlight this every day, but then people still come back. Well, how do I pick between this guy and that guy? It's like, well, I look at that guy's number and then I look at the other guy's number. Whichever guy has a higher number, that's the guy. <laughs> like, what? How could you do that? That's exactly how you do it. So there you go. Okay. Let's see. People are talking about game stock or the stock market. I, I don't I don't have any of these these stocks. Good luck. Good luck. Good luck. Good luck with that. Good luck with uh, you know, there were sundial, some company people are trading companies that should be out of business. So whatever. Be safe out there. You know, put 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 your put your money in a safe investment. Daily fantasy sports. It seems to be safer than the stock market. So uh, you can follow me on Twitter, Blender Ed, Blender HD. If uh, you could follow, uh, follow, follow Devin. Devin doesn't tweet that often, but we have to get him more followers. Devo Canivo on Twitter and say, you know, you always say hi to him in the, in the, in the chat. He's the one that's posted with the, the yellow bowl, Roto Grinders, daily fantasy sports advice. That's him. That's him there. And uh, tomorrow's Friday. Oh, casual Friday. What are you going to do for casual Friday? I don't know. I don't know what, what the hell we're going to do tomorrow. Uh, be very casual. It's always casual here. 
always casual here on the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders.com. Thank <laughs> you.